Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist, the magical mystery tour called life, Matthew DiBiase. Tonight's guest is author and journalist Angie Mangino. Angie resides in Staten Island, New York, and was once an investigative reporter for the Staten Island Register newspaper. In addition to working as a reporter, Angie has published numerous articles, essays, and book reviews for publications like Women's Day and Writers Weekly. In 1999, Angie was awarded a grant to research the history of Tottenville on Staten Island, and since that time, she has immersed herself into the life and lore of Tottenville. In February 2021, she published her latest work, 17th Century Tottenville History Comes Alive, Meet the People, Experience the Events. Angie, welcome to the show. What led you to write about Tottenville on Staten Island, New York? Well, it started kind of in a backwards way. I was, as I was working as a reporter, I was covering the demise of Spanish camp on Staten Island, and I found out that Dorothy Day became a Catholic here in the parish that I was part of, and I had never heard of that. So more research showed not only was she a famous name that had been connected with the area, but we had a Titanic survivor. There was just so many different things I was finding, things from the American Revolution. Um, it all came to a head when the parish asked me to write a history of the parish. And the parish started in 1898. Unfortunately, there was nothing written about Tottenville past 1898 that I could find. So couldn't find it, decided I had to write it. Now, when was Tottenville established as a community? Okay, it was established, the first person who was involved with it uh, was Christopher Billup. He was the first resident, that's Captain Billup, not the Colonel, his great-grandson from the Revolution. Uh, and that was back in the 17th century. Um, he owned all of the area, and because of that, hmm? Well, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sorry, there was a background on the phone. Uh, Captain Billup owned the entire area, and he was one of the most influential parts. And then as you go further into the history, it became Argentsville, and then eventually Tottenville um, in later centuries. But right now, my focus has been the 17th and going into the 18th century now with the next part of the series. Okay, how the name Tottenville, how, where, what does it derive from? How did that name come about, Tottenville? Uh, the name came from the Totten family. Mm. The, it was originally Argentsville for the Argent family. And then politics being politics, the Tottenvilles, the Tottens won, and the town was then named for them. And that was the name that stayed with it. So basically what you're describing is mostly it was an English settlement. So it didn't really have a Dutch background then. Is that correct? Uh, no, it did have a Dutch background too. Ooh, okay. uh, well, it wasn't established. It was English. The first person here was an Englishman. So yes, this was just the wooded area where the Lenape Indians were still at when the Dutch were in Manhattan. But it was Philip who arrived here uh, into New York Harbor with Ma Major Andros, and they reclaimed New Amsterdam for the English. So he was working with um, Len Andros in that establishment. 
What role did Tottenville play in the American Revolution? Um, it, that's a funny story. They basically were loyal to the king for the mm -hmm. majority. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when um, I have a Facebook group of people interested in the Tottenville history, and one woman shared how she found out that her great 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 whoever was a um, revolution in the revolutionary war so she applied to the daughters of the american revolution only to find out she was refused because her ancestor was a tory wow yeah they they were basically farmers who were taking care of you know kind of distant from what was going on however in the revolution the claim to fame is that the conference house in the um, see, 1776, yeah, it was right after the Declaration of Independence, and Benjamin Franklin and others were there, and they had an unsuccessful peace conference with Admiral Howe to try to end the revolution before it got into full force. Okay. If that, yeah, if that had succeeded, we might be British. Now, so when the British occupied New York City, you know, in, in, uh, in the summer of 1776, they put forces ashore at Staten Island and occupied Tottenville as well. I mean, were there British uh, troops quartered in Tottenville? Uh, yeah, they were, they were all through Staten Island. Okay. So uh, the, uh, the northern part of Staten Island, there was an area called the Watering Hole where the soldiers were um involved and then also the great-grandson of billop uh colonel christopher billop i'm having the same name always makes it interesting when you're researching to distinguish them um he was in hiding because um they were going after him for his loyalty to the tories and staying loyal to the king that he had to hide out now when the british evacuated in 1783 did the the Billups, you know, uh, uh, with the British in the evacuation? I know some Tory families had to relocate to to Canada and all that. Did that happen with the Billup family, or the any any the other Tory families, or did they remain in Tottenville? Uh, no, I, the Billups were out of Tottenville at that point. He he left. Okay. Um, I don't remember the exact dates yet. That's part of my writing for the next book for, in the series on the 18th century. Um, but I'm not up to that chapter yet as far as putting it all together. Okay. So is Tottenville basically a rural community? Uh, uh, looking at its history, was it always, has it always been rural? Uh, it had always been rural, but it's far from rural now with the traffic and the hmm. strip malls and everything else building up around here. Uh, in fact, today they're actually doing filming for a TV show in Tottenville using it as a backdrop. Oh, wow. It's going to, yeah, that, that, I was wondering why we saw so many police cars today and signs were going up on some of our stores and people were thinking that our deli was now a liquor store, but it was the backdrop for the TV show that's being filmed. So it's, uh, it's not rural at any point. When I first moved here, um, 1978, um, our church had wooden posts around it that to me were hitching posts is what they look like. Um, I was walking with my son as a toddler and uh, he's telling me he sees a horsey. And I said, no, sweetheart, that's got I hear a horsey. I said, oh, that must be someone's TV. 
I don't know, it was somebody riding on Amboy Road, riding a horse, just <laughs> because they do. So it was, I wondered where my husband had brought me when I first got here, but I came to love it. Um, and we have, we're not as congested, obviously, as Manhattan, but it's a suburb, and it's like the rest of Staten Island now built up. Now, you talked about something notable, like Dorothea Day, and like you had a Titanic survivor. Can you name some of the notable men and women who lived who lived in Tottenville? Can you expand on that? Okay, let me think. <sighs> trying to think of all... Uh, it was basically the first oystermen were here when oysters were real popular in Manhattan. They came from the, the working people that took care of the oyster beds here. Atlantic Terracotta was in Tottenville, mm -hmm. which is was used on the Woolworths building and a lot of other famous places. Um, Off the top of my head, I can't think of. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> when you were researching this book, what was the biggest surprise you uncovered? Oh, the biggest surprise, I think, was just seeing the point of views. Um, when I when I started the research, uh, <coughs> there was a book in our local Tottenville library uh, written by Benjamin Franklin Joe Line. He self-published in 1950. It was called Tottenville in Retrospect. Mm -hmm. And it began in 1668. Uh, and that's what first made it come alive for me. The only problem I had was that it ended in 1898, which was where I wanted to start. And it was 100 years of history that was just not noted. So I went to the North Shore to St. George Library, figuring, OK, now I'm going to find current history on Tottenville. And they had, after reading about, going through books, 300, 400 page books, you find one sentence here, one sentence there. And basically it boiled down to there were two things Tottenville was famous for. It was according to these books. Uh, they were famous for being the last stop on the Staten Island Rapid Transit. And they were famous for where the mafia buried bodies in the woods. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that just seems so, oh, come on, you know. You have people, like I said, Dorothy Day, you had survivors of the Titanic, you had Benjamin Franklin coming here to try to stop the Revolutionary War, and that's what you record. <laughs> Luckily, since I started, a lot of other people have started doing. We have a Tottenville Historical Society. They have been doing a lot of books. They have published some books now, um, which now um, gives you images of the America series. So it's photographs of this last hundred years of history. And an excellent, excellent, excellent book uh, was written by Barnett Shepard. It's called Tottenville, the Town the Oyster Built. Mm. And it's amazing. He goes more architectural with the different buildings, but he does throw the history in there. You know, a couple of sentences. What I'm doing is trying to keep it more conversation, you know, People, when they think of history, you think of all the academic textbooks and getting bogged down with facts. And I, the facts are important, don't get me wrong. But you have to kind of see who the people are and try to get to know. They don't have to be a big, famous name. 
to be important. You know, for example, in the 17th century book with Christopher Billup, oh, everyone knows about Christopher Billup, but what about his wife? Mm. She took care of it, okay, and I have a chapter on her, and that was interesting because mm. it's very difficult to find information on it. But what happened was he was sent by Andros to Delaware. Well, while he's in Delaware, guess who's taking care of the whole area, the, the Bentley Manor? It was his wife. Wow. And she was one that was kind of, you know, that was kind of ahead of the times to be thinking of a woman doing that. But she did. And there are documentations of in his will and in all different things about his life that shows how well she ran it. Okay. And it, you know, it was, it was amazing. I felt, I, I thought that her name was Catherine and Farmer Billup. And the Billup and Farmer families are intertwined with Billup, so that most likely he's the ancestor of all the Billups and Farmer families in America right up to the current day. You know, those kind of things fascinate me. And I'm finding when people get back to me with responses about the writing, both what I'm putting on the blog as well as the actual book, is that it was a quick read to them but it told them things that they never heard of. You know, those little minuscule things that you don't think of in history. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think we learn from the history only if we remember the people involved yes. and what impacted them and what impact they had on others. And a lot of them may not have had a lot of impact individually, but together as a community, there were so many things that were beneficial that came out of, of you know their lives and we shouldn't forget them okay angie how long did it take you to write this book okay um this particular book forget the research part because you can get bogged down in that wormhole when you're researching <laughs> the actual yeah the actual writing originally i was trying to go traditional publishers through contacts with organizations. I was interviewed by a lot of literary agents. I was, you know, to get traditionally published in a regular, the big press, you needed to get an agent. And I would propose and pitch to the agents and they would say to me, oh, I love that idea. Oh no, I can't represent you. It's not a big enough topic. Mm. That's all, no one's gonna buy the book except if they live in Tottenville. Not mm. true, but that's okay. Um, I have two reviews from England that are telling me they like seeing the colonist point of view of the revolution <laughs> and of the, <laughs> yeah, so, okay, you were wrong there too. But when I realized that I decided to self-publish, I would say it took me about a year for the actual writing of the book. I did the first draft in maybe a weekend. But first drafts are things you don't show anybody. That's all the ideas thrown all down on paper. Yep. Uh, and then you rewrite and you rewrite and you rewrite and then you research the more, you know, the, the deal. Uh, but yeah, I would say from start to finish about a year. Ange, let's talk about yourself now. Where were you born and raised? I was born in the Bronx. Ooh. And I was raised in the Bronx. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, when, when we were a small community, uh, when we were a lot more rural, when I moved here, my being from the Bronx wasn't a happy note. 
Um, but the good one was when a, 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 one of the women at church, when I was doing my talk, said to me, you know, Angie, you remind me of Dorothy Day. Mm. And I said, why? Because I write well or because you don't like the way I dress for mass? Because a lot of people didn't like Dorothy here. She was too radical for them. And she was hysterical to tell me that she thought I was a little bit of both. So I take that as a compliment. I don't know if she meant it that way, but I did. But yeah, I was born in the Bronx. And I went to school at Fordham University downtown mm. at at the old 302 Broadway before it was demolished, uh, and then became Lincoln Center. So I spent two years at 302 Broadway and two years at Lincoln Center. And did, yeah. then, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go when ahead. I first, after graduation, when I was married, I moved to Middle Village, Queens with my husband and had my first two sons there. And then we moved here when my second son was born in 78 and came out here to an apartment in Tottenville. How did you get involved in journalism? Were you a journalism major in college? I was an English major, ah. but I wrote for the newspaper. I wrote for the yearbook. I wrote for um, high school paper and yearbook. I always loved writing. Um, but when it became real, when I got my first article published, was keeping a promise to my best friend who died from cancer. When she was going through it for 13 months in hospice, um, to keep my sanity, I wrote about our friendship. And she saw it, and she made me promise to get it published. And that was back in 1993. It took me two years to find a publication to accept it, but it was published and then in 1995. And then it was later, rerun, a, a reprint was done in a local paper in one of the uh, Staten Island newspapers and a woman called me up and told me that it, her friend was just diagnosed with cancer and that her reading of my article helped her know how to be a friend when you feel helpless. Wow. And that did it to me. And wow. that was it. I was hooked. I was a writer. Wow. Then I had to learn how to do it, but you know. Yeah. Angie, whenever I interview an author, I always ask this standard question. When you were growing up, who were your favorite authors that you loved to read when you were growing up? And of those favorite authors, did any of them light the spark inside of you to become a writer in your own right or perhaps influence your personal writing style okay yeah um yeah that's a toughy question but i can go with it when i was young, when i was a kid um my mother had to get me signed up for the adult card while i was still a kid because i had finished the children's section um when i i did i would say the nancy drew mysteries or a young age inspiration, but this book has been reread and read as I got older, would be The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that doesn't go with most things, but it inspired me. And reading it as ooh, maybe 13 year old, 14 year old, yeah, I miss so much. Wow. <laughs> but it still inspired me. Yeah. And then 
reread it in high school, reread it in college, reread it as an adult. Um, I even have a tote bag with quotes from it that my adult children got me for a gift because they know that book means so much to me. <laughs> it's beautiful. Please, uh, Ange, Angie, please tell our listeners, where can readers find this book? Where can they find it? Buy it. Okay. Uh, the book is on Amazon only. It's on Kindle. If you have Kindle Unlimited, you could read it for free. A regular Kindle is for sale. A print edition that a lot of people ask for is also available. Uh, so it is on Amazon. And I have a link to it on my website, angiemangino.com, where they could also see my Tottenville blog and my book review blog and everything. That's my one-stop everything there. I have everything about me on it. Well, so it looks like you and I have something in common. My last two books were published on Kindle uh, KDP as well. <laughs> um, and at least to our listeners, what will be your next book project and when can we expect its release? 18th century Tottenville history comes alive and it'll be coming out by the end of this year. I'm determined. Okay. Wow. I'd love to, let me know when, let me know the precise date. I'd love to have you on my show again. Okay. Oh, I'd love to come back. I appreciate you inviting me now. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Getting back to Tottenville, uh, during the Industrial Revolution, like late 19th and early 20th centuries, did any industries uh, ever emerge in Tottenville? That's where the Atlanta Terracotta was. Mm. Uh, the ship, the shipbuilding. Um, those were, and the oystering, you know, the oyster, uh, oyster farmers with the oyster beds here. But the industry, the shipbuilding, we also had um, movie theaters, we had entertainment dance halls where they had pro, uh, gatherings, you know, uh, restaurant dancing facilities here. Uh, we were no, known for the beach area as a place to come visit. When in when when New York City incorporated both Brooklyn and Staten Island, you know, in into this the city limits, what was the reaction of Tottenville towards that incorporation into New York City as a whole? Hmm. Does the book did your book get into that? You know, you're you're in uh, the 18th century. It would uh, would was when it was incorporated was 1898. That's what I meant. So you know, in eight, yeah. Yeah, that's the end with the incorporation. Yeah. Um, Was there any resistance or no no resistance or anything like that? I mean, like certain like Brooklyn, it's always been a sad day in Brooklyn when it stopped being independent and all that. But uh, there was no reaction against that, you know, when New York City absorbed Staten Island. Oh, that is a wonderful question for me to include. Mm. And I don't know the answer, but... What I'm thinking is there probably was resistance. Okay, well. Just in general. Well, just next... in general. I would think all of Staten Island. You know, Staten Island's always been known the Forgotten Borough. Um, I remember the first writing thing I ever went to in Manhattan years ago. It was, oh, you're from the Rock. You know, so there was always this kind of distance with Staten Island and the rest. And then Staten Island later on wanted to break from New York City, you know, all the politics and nonsense that went on with that. But I'm, I'm, I don't know. I really don't know for sure. 
But that is a fascinating thing to find out. Well, that will be in the book. I've decided. You yeah. just had, you just added a section to the book. Well, this time next year, I'll ask you that question again, and then you can give me the answer, okay, Angie? Uh, I'll have it by then for you. Okay. Well, again, I mean it. I, I want you. I, I, let's do this. Let's do this again next year, okay? And uh, we'll t we'll talk. We'll, just let me know when it's out, and we'll, I'll have you on the show, okay? You'll be one of the first to know. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care. Please be safe and good luck. Okay. All right. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. Very welcome. Take care. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show, where I will be interviewing poet Tricia de Jesus Gutierrez. Thank you very much, and good night.